And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. We are your host. I am Steve. He is Wally. He is David. Before I toss it over to the boys, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbees.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market, T-A-B-E-A-S-E. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off the order as well as free shipping. It has been a while. Cue up the stain song. Boys, thank you for holding it down. I love that I'm back. I've been giddy for this moment all day. The only thing I can look forward to on a Monday. It's awesome to have you back. It's not the same when it's just two of us. When you have all three here, you can feel the energies high in the gym. I know that this is the time of year where news is a little slow, but hopefully we have some fun for you guys. Got a few fun questions to get us going here anyways. But how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I cannot complain, per the usual. <laughs> it is per the usual, but anything interesting going on in your life? I know Steven has to tell us about Aruba. I have to tell you about a damn book in my eventful weekend. What's going on in your guys' lives, David? You got something fun for us? I All I did this past weekend was go to the auto show, which makes me want to buy all the cars, which I can't do. So naturally, I wish I won the Mega Millions every time we go through this so that I can have my own Jay Leno's garage. But it's never going to happen. So, Steven, know. are you a, a big car guy? Because David's a diehard car guy where – I'm pretty sure if I went to like one of these car shows with you, David, you'd hate me within three minutes because it'd be, wow, I do love that one. Blue is so cool. Whoa, this one has leather in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, God, do you see the steering wheel? The, the headlights on that look crazy. That's awesome. I'm I'm not a car guy just simply because I can like them as much as I want, but unless I, to David's point, have the multi-millions or I'm rich enough to be shacked to have these customized, I'm never going to be able to fit in any of these. Right. Of course, I would love to. I'd, I'd really like to fit into a medium shirt. That's just simply not going to happen. There's muffin tops everywhere. I don't have enough leg room. I'm bitching about sitting in the cabin or just sitting with Gen Pop on an airplane. You can't get me in a Porsche unless it's customized. Drop into Gen Pop. I like that. Well, speaking of Gen Pop, I take it you rode your, your typical standard seating. You weren't first class down to Aruba, I hope right? No. And now that I have a platform, I need to go up to bat for my girlfriend. She paid $50 extra. She's like, hey, pay this $50 extra. Instead of checking in the 24 hours, we'll do an early bird. We'll get you 36 hours ahead. You're going to have anywhere from like A1 to like A20, right? Pay the, pay the extra 50 bucks. We get it back. She's in like A40 and I'm in B1 on the first flight. We were furious so this is the only knock i have on southwest they've been great to me up until this point and i am i'm coming for their next i hope that we can get it out here we'll, we'll cut this up put it out on twitter see if they'll give us a shot back with some free plane tickets but i mean they were free plane <laughs> that's tickets a nice highly's points but i was gonna say i like the angle there try to get free tickets out of this uh, it works for my chipotle burrito why not a trip to aruba all right fair enough well how about the trip itself it had to have been amazing. I know I hated everything about you. I mean, people in Vegas got snow this week. It was cold here in the U.S., so I'm I'm a little envious of you. And, of course, Columbus actually wasn't that bad leading up, and then we had a day in, the in uh, what, 70s last week? So it was kind of uh, it was kind of upsetting. But being down there, I mean, it's beautiful. We I went for a wedding last year. We kind of ran, ran it back with the same crew of a year later. So, you know, got to go snorkeling, get – Really hammered on the beach, frozen pina coladas, Miami Vices, which is my go-to down there. The happy hours are ridiculous. I mean, it's never 
it's always between like 70 and 80 degrees. If it rains, it rains for 10 minutes at a time. It's right underneath the hurricane belt, so they never get hit by any like tropical storms, no hurricanes, nothing like that. The iguanas are, are like squirrels there. They're just crawling around everywhere. The water is, it looks made up. It's it's beautiful. I love that spot. The cab drivers are a little bit, little bit sketchy. They don't have Uber on the island. Uh, they kinda, They're all they, drinking there live right in front of you, popping their, their whatever it is. It's like the wild west. If you can, I hope I can flag them down. I, I, you can call and you have them. Cause I swear there's only one taxi service on the whole Island. And they all just kind of conglomerate together. But I got lucky with one guy was just standing there. I was like, Hey, I'll give you 20 bucks. Take me there and back the next, the next person I found was it was an ATV. It was street legal, but an ATV with a guy hanging out with just four puppies. So it was me, Kylie friend that we met on their gen. So I was like, guys, come on. This is our taxi home. They each got a puppy. I got two. Of course, I was sitting shotgun. So wait, like, what was it? Like an ATV pulling like a wagon or something? Just an ATV. It's a four-seater. Dude was just straight hanging out. Uh, Yeah, can you help me out here? I don't know what that even is. You mean like a golf cart? Or is it, we're talking about four-seater ATV. How is that even possible? Yeah, I've never seen, I have no idea what that is. Look up. It's almost like this Highlander UTV fuel-injected utility vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get so that. It's just like one of these. <laughs> Highlander ATV. Let me four see seat. if I can. Yeah, Highlander UTV. UTV four seater. All right, I'm Googling this. Let's see oh, what this guy oh, looks this like. This is like one of those Polaris things. Oh, I yeah. I know it. Uh, see, I don't know what I would even have called yeah. that. So Basically, just... ATV meets golf cart, and they had a baby. Exactly. And those babies had puppies in it waiting for waiting for me to get a taxi ride home. So okay, it's the easiest sweet. money that we spent. Yeah. So Fair I enough. love it. Can't wait to go back eventually. It's beautiful. I mean, I'm I'm a seafood guide as well. So that's a great spot for seafood. Some of the best calamari that we've had. We had some good lobster, some good crab over the last couple of years. Surf and turf. So much better down there. I definitely think it is. It always weirds me out when you go to a place like in the middle of the country and all of a sudden they're trying to sell you on seafood. I'm like, where's this coming from? This thing has been dead for like a month and I'm supposed to just come in here and casually roll up and eat it. Like, like imagine going to like, uh, like New Mexico and I'm supposed to be like, Oh yeah, I love the shrimp there. Why am I ordering shrimp in New Mexico? God, I, I get you there. Can you eat armadillo in New Mexico? I uh, probably, I mean, it's, it's New Mexico. Talk about the wild, wild west. If there's still a state out there that feels just not real in my brain, it's New Mexico. I just imagine Breaking Bad over and over again. I'm I'm uh, I'm taking Kyle through Breaking Bad right now, so I've gotten a lot of Albuquerque uh, running through me this past week or so. We have heard a lot about the Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat. I had effectively my own darkness retreat this weekend. I had to go watch my brother's puppy. He's probably listening to this. Allie's awesome dog, really friendly, all that but it's a puppy. So you have to constantly pay attention to this dog for four days. So I literally sat on my ass, watched television, stood outside, watched a dog run around in circles, not take a shit, come inside, decide to take a shit, like stuff like that for four days. And when I left, it had to have been the way Aaron Rodgers felt leaving that building. It was the door open. There's sunlight everywhere. Like you get like the songs that you usually listen to that are like sad. I Like I love sad songs. But like I'm driving home, I'm like, screw that, throw that skip. I'm listening to like vacation, like the happiest songs in the world. So 
I, I feel like euphoric now. I finished a book this last week, A Man Called Uwe, pretty good book. And now I'm on to a new one. So talk about little What's the uh, new, new one? year. Oh, glad you asked, Stephen. I have not even opened this yet, but it's all the light we cannot see. I love historical fiction and it is set in Paris in like 1939. So I'm pretty excited to get into it. I'll let you guys know as I have, because that's that's been kind of my new year uh, resolution is I want to read more this year. And so far, so good. I'm actually doing it. I'm trying to not be as dumb for you people at home. So little baby steps here, guys. Don't read too much. You're going to make us look bad. Don't worry about that. I, I mean, at least, been at, least me, David, at least me, David's already in class. He's still getting educated. I, you so you need to slow your roll down a little bit. <laughs> well, we have a couple questions for you guys today to start the show. You guys have noticed we've been doing this here of late. We're going to do it all off season. Let's start with the trivial one here first, because we got a submission from a listener to talk about, and we'll do that second. So first of all, guys, we have another would you rather. And the question this week is simple. Would you rather give up AC, centralized air, and heat forever? Or you have no internet for the rest of your life? We kind of had a soft talk about this before. And it sounds like all three of us are in different spots. So, David, let's start with you. Let's get going here for the big men of the world. Do we need AC? To fuck AC. We live in Ohio. It's it gets down to zero degrees sometimes. The heat. I think I could live without AC. I maybe not though. That's that's all. That's a tough give up when it gets to like ninety degrees. Like I want to die even in air conditioning. So I that's a tough give up, but it's doable. The heat when it's zero degrees, that's not functional. You'd have to move somewhere south, and then you're getting hammered in the summer with no AC. So, like, it's a lose-lose regardless. Unless you live in San Diego, in which case, okay, I could live without both because it's just temperature controlled the whole year round. But neither here nor there. I don't know how I survive without internet on the flip side. Unless, do I get internet to do my job? Is that, like, the stipulation? Do I just get no internet? Yeah, it's like time? it's like a work release, like a prison system where you have nine hours that you it's can like, only you be work? on these what sites. What are you doing? If you would know internet, what are you doing for for a job? Am I like a garbage collector? Like you're a construction worker, you're some kind of manual labor, you know. But construction worker, I guarantee you they're using laptops and shit. Like I I maybe you can't elevate your career. Maybe you're on that front end where you're more of the grunt. So then I'm choosing no heat and no no AC. But like there's I go back and forth, right? Like what are the stipulations? Because this like this is why I said three weeks ago or whenever we did this last, is this is why two weeks ago. Regardless, this is why I'm going to be the most annoying fucking person when we do these is because there's so many stipulations that change. And it, it's not just like a put me in the middle. It's like one stipulation could hard swing me way over to the other side and vice versa. Well, Stephen, my thought when I hear David here is simple. Let's be a geese or a goose and migrate. I'm spending six months of my life in the temperate climate of like spring and, and summer where it's going to be in Ohio, a PA, a Wisconsin kind of place where I can live without AC, just throw on a couple fans, but then, then maybe move somewhere South for the winter. I, I, what are you thinking? First of all, if you're going to migrate, are you driving or flying? Because if you're driving, you're actually going to have to use like an Atlas to get down there. If you're not able to use any Wi-Fi internet. 
Well, you have internet. If you're moving around for the weather, you have internet. You have chosen that lifestyle. You don't have to worry about that. No, give me the internet over the AC and the AC and the heat. Fans. That's my only argument. Only fans. Not the app. Ceiling fans. Uh, You can... The tall fans, the short fans, the medium fans. Really, the fans you plug into your phone. Hell, throw a Mister on there if it's so bad. Come as to David's point. The summer, the the summers in the south are miserable. They are so much easier up here when you've grown up with a hundred, a hundred ten, a hundred and fifteen. You know that you're having consistently every single day in the summer. Versus, you know, you're clocking out at 90. Hell yeah, it got really hot here. But even the winters, at least in Columbus, we'll have one really bad one and then the next three or four are kind of mild. So you can kind of get through it. You need everything for internet. I need this for internet. I need to watch TV now for internet. My my actual television will not get set up without some sort of internet connection. And yeah, how am I going to gamble with a fucking like pigeon and notes? No, and like fly them off to my bookie? Absolutely not. And football? It's yeah, the- I know. I guess cable doesn't fall on that, but cable is now turning into the... You can still Basically use the internet. You can still use Dish nowadays. Dish is horrible. Yeah, but yeah. it's an option. But it's an option. That is a horrific option. I'd rather listen to the radio. But you know what else is a horrific option? Freezing your dick off in the middle of winter in in anywhere up north, anywhere at all. Nah, just throw some hoodies on. I made it through some cold winters. <laughs> that that's the same thing. I see. I have. My struggles definitely come more with the the sports implication that you let on there at the end, Stephen, because I really didn't consider that aspect of it. Because for me, the question comes down to what is your career aspirations? Is it something that you're going to need a lot of technical side for? If that's the case, you're going to probably be uncomfortable a lot of your life. But otherwise, you know those people that walk around being like, I wish I lived in the 50s. I wish I blah, blah, blah. This is your chance. If that is what you were, that is what you were afraid of. Have AC, have he read a book on a Friday night. Go have a, a beer at, at a patio park because that's your life now. You're not going to be doing everything. You're going to be reading a newspaper. You're going to be the only person that's still doing the. Let me skim to the sports page. What happened last night? Oh, that's so cool. They went on a walk off. I couldn't see it. I have no internet. The radio cut out because that is storm. But shit, I at least have. Nice, comfortable AC and heat. So I, I, I'm torn. I, I think, though, just strictly for the fact of what I'm clearly going is for my career path, I think I've got to go with the internet and just be uncomfortable as hell and have six fans on me all the time. Do space heaters count? Right. I know technically it's, it is heat, but it's not like a centralized heat. That's heat. Space heaters are heat. That's like a that's like a mini heater, just like it would be. It'd be like a mini AC unit. It's still AC. It counts. I think it does count. AC fans just circulate air. Fans don't count. Fans are not okay. producing cold air. They're just circulating it. Well, still taking the internet. <laughs> I don't disagree, Ugh. but there are some stipulations I need to know. You have to jerk me. off with your imagination for the rest of your life, David. Are you willing? Maybe to you'd be do more that? creative as a person if you had to do that. There's that's a great point too. There are yeah, actual the, studies the, that show men are less creative because we don't have to use our imagination anymore. I it's, wouldn't be surprised by that. It's really fun. Like we've talked about it. Like when we get the old football games and you just 
score like 40 seasons until they're like no names like oh who, who's this new young crop you'll never have that you'll never have that if you don't have internet browsers but think about how much happier i would be as a browns fan that can't watch the browns if i didn't yeah, have but the, the one time that they do something well it's gonna be like the day after tomorrow you're gonna be freaking i tell you what about god it's probably been seven eight years ago now when i was in school over the summer i worked a summer job at a local farm really awesome chino farms out here western pa best place in the world but i worked there uh for the summers and i broke my phone the first week of summer vacation and i was poor so it was not something that was going to be fixed immediately so i had no phone for about three and a half weeks or so better part of a month longest first week of my life but after that first week ended I can't tell you the last time I've been that happy, just genuinely happy. I don't even realize how much time I'm dedicating to just looking down at a stupid box, reading about shit I don't care about. I can't tell you even now how many hours of a week I'm spending on Twitter scrolling th through things that piss me off. And I know it's just going to piss me off when I go into it, but I'm addicted to it. So I keep doing it. If I could force myself out of that, for like two weeks and it sucks because we can't with this fucking podcast but if you could get out of social media get out of the internet i guarantee you we'd all be so much happier boo you have no scientific uh evidence to back up back that up oh you're a joke anyways zach leonetti one of our loyal listeners he actually sent over something right before we started recording and it got us thinking we have to answer this could the best xfl team beat the georgia bulldogs and for the sake of this argument i'm at least going to use the st louis battlehawks because aj mccarron to the naked eye feels like the best quarterback in this league right now so let's pose the question who wins a game between the st louis battlehawks and the georgia bulldogs steven let's go to you first who do you have give me aga all day the, the XFL has talented players, but if they were really, really, really that talented, they'd at minimum be on a practice squad in, of an NFL team. Look at AJ McCarron. The dude is not even on a practice squad for an NFL team. And we're expect to have him lead a group of no names into beating Georgia. Now, of course, Georgia, they're going to have age against them, right? But their top guys are going to be studs. There's going to be a lot of question marks outside of that. But I kind of want to look at the coaching staffs as well. I feel like the coaching staff for Georgia right now would be better than the XFL. I just watching XFL it looks wildly unorganized. It just, it's not a good brand of football. And it's not like you're watching all these great defenses going up against each other. No, these are just inept offenses that can't really move the ball. And then if they have a, a slight flash in the pan, like an agent McCarron did when they won on that crazy last, last quarter drive, whatever, maybe to win the game, it's just not moving it for me. Like you're putting up 12 points in this league. Yeah. I guess the, I guess it's a level playing field, but I just, that is the product of where NFL players are coming from. A majority of them are coming from the SEC. The other half are probably coming from the Big Ten. I just think Georgia would be way too powerful right now. To this, I mean, what? They had five first-rounders just last year. They're probably going to have another three to four to five this year. I just think that they're too loaded. and The XFL just doesn't have that, much, that talent. Hear me out. 
they do have that talent because I think there are some former first-rounders in the XFL. First-rounders mean nothing. Half the first-rounders don't even make a three-year NFL career. It, it, like, it. some of them are Hall of Famers. Some of them are, you know, 20-year vets. Some of them don't even last in the NFL. So, like, that's – to me, that's not a good a good argument. I would – how many active players in the NFL do you think are from Georgia? If I asked you that question, how many do you think the number would be? In the NFL right now from Georgia? Yeah. 32. From the university, not the state. I think that Steven just had a pretty good guess. I, I'm going to say 34. 51. Okay. So on average, you're on, One average and a half. Top, on average, the top probably 30 to 40 programs probably have about 30 of each. Alabama and Ohio State clear the crowd with over 60. But Georgia's fourth with 51 active players. Now that stretches all the way back to Matt Stafford in 2009. So you're telling me that one roster is going to, on average, be worlds above a collection of college players who are on the fringe of the top 1% of players in the world. Here's the thing. Top end talent, Georgia, by far better than the XFL team. But I still think, on average, depth, the whole roster, and probably the quality of coaching is probably similar level, to be honest. I just – I think I take the XFL team. I think. I, I'm actually with you, and this is a case-by-case basis where if you win on every single NCAA champion, perhaps we have different opinion on some. But because Stetson Bennett is the quarterback for the Georgia team in question here – He's a guy that is very likely not going to have a very long career. He's, I, I don't know, he's kind of almost got like a Kellen Moore where he's going to be a backup for like three, four, five years. Smart guy. He'll be around the game if he wants to be. But at the end of the day, he's not that high-level player. To your point, David, the top-level talent on Georgia is going to be better than the top-level talent of the XFL. But... I think it's a deeper team on the XFL. It's more battle-tested. It's a team that has played professional football. A lot of these people are washed-out NFL players or guys that just didn't make it, and now they're hungry to have a chance. Like A.J. McCarron, for instance, he had opportunities to be a backup in the NFL and elected to play in the XFL because it would give him a better opportunity to get a better job in the future. He also talked about wanting to play football for his kids, like his kids would actually remember it it'd be better than him being a backup somewhere. You so want your kids to remember you as an XFL quarterback? Oh man, that's that's sad. How do you turn down how do you turn down being a backup in the NFL to go to the XFL to get yourself a better job when your best job you're going to get is a backup quarterback in the NFL? That makes no a 10 sense. 10 out of 10 and doesn't care what you do for a living as long as you're home with the kids. That means that means nothing. She's probably Inside making more of money 5 than years ago. Modeling. Inside of 5 years ago, there was an NFL head coach I already hear this from David and his buddies, but there was an NFL head coach that was willing to trade a first and a second round pick for AJ McCarron. And that was inside five years ago. My entire point is that this is a much more talented roster than we give it credit for. If you made me guess what odds makers would make the line, I think it would probably be something like in between two and a half one way or another, but I would take, the Battlehawks to win the game. And I think I take them the cover, whether they're minus two and a half or plus two and a half, just because 
I do think that there, it means something to have experience and to have that professional football, I guess, uh, like under your belt. Where Georgia, yeah, they, they had to beat some really good teams. They're also playing Citadel in Chattanooga in the same year. So I'm taking the experience every day. Since I wasn't able to make the Super Bowl episode, I had a couple takeaways just from the Super Bowl itself, listening back to the couple episodes that I wasn't on as well. Let me get this list pulled up. I'm going to do this quick. Not the fastest, the fattest two minutes, just because I feel like it's a little bit more on brand. Um, hell of a Super like Bowl. That. Best Super Bowl from start to finish, arguably. Uh, a little bit biased, maybe since my Packers won. Really got to look down some of the games that we have. You could probably sprinkle on the San Fran uh, Ravens game as well. Refs are right on cue. Right when you thought, right when you thought they can finally get the last game right, they mess it up with this holding call. Spoke with Wally, kind of like I think the night after you guys recorded this, I was a little bit drunk. Everyone had gone to sleep. I was enjoying the pool by myself, and I knew Wally would be up because he's a night owl. I'm I'm good with the flag being thrown. A, if that call is if that call is being called in the first quarter, the same as being called in the fourth quarter early in the game. If not, this is whack but it's directly affecting the game. If it's not directly affecting the game, it's one thing. For them to push to extend this play, extend this drive, even though what I want to say it was a second and 10 that they got flagged for, regardless, it's completely changed the trajectory of this game. Here's this, another challenge flag for situations like this, a game-changing challenge flag, where it doesn't matter if it's if you've lost the previous challenges, if it's under two minutes, but it's just more emphasis on we need to focus on something where we're tired of having these game-changing plays. If it's an expediated result upstairs, if it's another challenge flag for shit like this, because there's been too many games with calls changing the trajectory of it. I think we need to change it. Um, we are officially in do not bet against Mahomes territory. In my eyes, he can go on an Aaron Rodgers type route the rest of his career and would still arguably be the best quarterback to ever play the game. Commercials are so downhill, it's bad. My favorite commercial back in the day was a Doritos commercial. I'd have to look it up again. I, I really pissed down my leg on this one. The only reason I liked it was it was during that time where Doritos wanted people to submit commercials and the best one would make it to Super Bowl Sunday. One of those ended up being filmed in my hometown, like a skateboarding dog of some sort, I think. I had to really look it up again. Rihanna was a banger performance. I don't care about the backup singers. I don't care you know, about everyone dancing around, but banger after banger after banger. She was looking hot, even impregnated. Amazing setup and just display of, of the stage. And the shots that they had in these cameras were amazing. Really glad that guy, that guy didn't fall and kill himself. Um, that, that was awesome. Also, Rihanna is just times two milf now. You kind of sparked the idea, and I know everybody talked about it, uh, right after the Super Bowl, but we haven't had a chance to. If you have to exclude your team winning a Super Bowl, what has been the best Super Bowl of your life? Because as much as I hate to admit it, I think that my favorite, if you eliminate teams, was the Steelers-Cardinals. I just felt like it was yeah. an unreal game. You have two game-winning touchdown drives back-to-back. You have the Larry Fitzgerald iconic moment looking up at the scoreboard. You have James Harrison's pick six. I, there's a lot, but I, I don't know. That one stuck out to me. So just curious if you guys have one that pops off. That one, that one always sticks. And I was, I was, I loved Ray Lewis. So that 
that 2013 win against San Fran is the brother, the, co- the, the brothers coaching up brothers coaching against each other on the sideline, the blackout bowl in new Orleans. You had Ray Lewis coming off there. That's when Joe Flacco was really getting a lot of is Joe Flacco elite. And he, I want to say that's the postseason. He went 10 touchdowns, zero interception. So the same postseason that they beat Peyton in Denver when the safety kind of, he ran up too close and the ball went right over his head. I think to Jacoby Jones, like in the final like minute to send them into uh, to send them into the Super Bowl. And then Ray Lewis, the whole deer antler spray thing when he like tore a bicep, tore a shoulder or something. And he came back with the substance that was kind of illegal yet. It wasn't on the list of the NFL and there was all this stuff that was going on. I really, I really like that. Um, I mean, how the, the, the one, the year after the Patriots Seahawks one with Malcolm Butler picking it off at the yeah, end zone. Great one too. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of good ones. Um, I think it was just tarnished in my train of thought of just thinking about when Seattle blew the brakes off Denver. I'm like, yeah, there's not been any good Super Bowl in a while since then, but there actually has been. We've really been lucky. If you think about it in our lifetime, we've had duds. We've had the St- the Seahawks Broncos game, even games that were close that kind of felt dud-like is the Broncos Panthers game. There were some that weren't great, but when you also factor in, we've had probably a half dozen all-time moments in games that were immediately affected because of that. We've really grown up in a very good era of football and you'd imagine it's only going to get better. Oh, the best Super Bowl ever. The Patriots Falcons. That's the best one. That was a great one too. Only overtime in Super Bowl history too. But to wrap up what you said earlier, I found out my definitive reason why the Battle Hawks win by 30. And it's Bruce Gradkowski is the offensive coordinator. And Bruce, we trust, baby. All-time braider. There it is. Guaranteed winner. Battle Hawks. If AJ McCarron goes down, Bruce might come in and win the game himself. That's all it is. He'll call plays at the line. We're good. I can't with Bruce. I just can't. Just take us it's into the It's native, baby. In the NFL news, the Tennessee Titans are kind of clearing some house here with some of their veteran players. Uh, they cut a good number. Taylor LeWan, Robert Woods, Zach Cunningham, Randy Bullock, the legendary kicker that looks 60 pounds overweight and that he was in the worst fraternity ever at some random D2 Texas college. He gets cut. But all these moves clear up about 38 mil in the cap space. Or did any of these really surprise you? And also something that wasn't on here, there's been a lot of chirping about potentially a move from Derrick Henry as well. But what do you think about the Titans offseason moves here before the league calendar strikes midnight and the new one begins? I think it's all surprising until you look at the cap space and the roster. So like the names are surprising, but then you look at how the, the cap breaks down, right? So as you said, they move, they clear 38 million a cap, 42 million off the books. They'll have, according to over the cap, they'll have 12.4 million in space. And then you still have Tannehill and Derrick Henry accounting for 53 and 30 million in dead cap, respectively, which accounts for almost a quarter of the whole team cap for the team. So the moves are shocking name-wise, but when you break them down, they're not, as I said. I think something to think about, right? So you're you're shedding talented players because you you went – a little all in, but with the wrong players, I guess. Something to think about. If Rabel misses the playoffs next year, do you think the Titans move on? And I'm, and if not, how much longer does he have? And I think, again, this is not me. This is me just posing the question, right? I think Rabel's a great coach, 
but I don't think the Titans are a great organization. And when you have those two things, as I've learned as a, a Browns fan, the coach always loses. So how much longer do we think Vrabel has? Because this team, it's not going anywhere with Tannehill at quarterback. Like Tannehill is a, you fill him, you put him on that Rams team that Stafford won a Super Bowl with in the same reaction. The same thing happens most likely, but he's not bringing you over the hump. And Derrick Henry, the more carries he gets, the the further downhill he's going to go. And that's just from a, a proven history perspective. I mean, we're, we're talking about a bruiser back that runs through people, not away from people. So he's taking the hits. He's ta- like the more carries, the worse he gets. And he might have two more elite seasons, but it's not much longer. We're going to go for Derrick Henry. So how much longer do we think Vrabel makes it with this team? I think the way it should be handled, because I'm I'm all with you. I think that he's a hell of a coach and that if he is fired at some point, there'll be someone to scoop him up before he hits the ground. What they should do is embrace this rebuild, which is what they should do. They should try to move Ryan Tannehill. If they can't do that, they should cut him, eat the dead cap. They should try to move on from Derrick Henry. It doesn't really make much sense to cut him because of the way his dead cap like it just hits it's like two thirds of his contract. So unless you're going to do something like Bobby Wagner, I doubt they'll do that. I mean, they only have six draft picks this next class. It's time to just say, Hey, we failed. The AFC is a gauntlet right now. And let's just build this the right way. Let's build it from the ground up. Let's get a quarterback. We actually believe in Malik Willis was a product of falling to the third round. That's why he was drafted last year by this team. He's not the answer. The Titans have a lot of problems right now. And it's not really on Mike Vrabel to me. If anything, it's it goes above that. It goes to the front office. So I don't think that Mike Vrabel should get the can, but it's the NFL. We see it happen all the time. These guys are in it to save their own job. If the GM thinks that getting rid of Vrabel might buy him an extra 12 months, he'll do it in a second. The Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel, it's, it's like The Office, the show. The first season, it surprised you, right? Then all of a sudden, just bangers between two – Seasons two and six, and then seven. And then Michael Scott leaves. And they still go on for three seasons. And they keep dragging it on. We're at that point where now they're going to start dragging on. You trade A.J. Brown away. You just cut Robert Woods, who you just signed in last year. And he didn't really have that great of a year. You don't have any quarterback situation. You got a huge question mark with Derrick Henry. Taylor Lewan makes sense. Great left tackle. Dude's played 20 20 out of the possible 50 games over the last three years with two ACLs, including on that. There's even video of him having an interview with PMT talking about, oh, yeah, I know I'm getting cut. Two ACLs in three years, I know I'm getting cut. I'm just waiting for the day. Then it finally happened. Tannehill, that dude and that contract proves why quarterback position is so important. Is Tannehill a top 20 quarterback? I think so. I've really got to lay down the line. I might have to have a couple split decisions. Dude's getting paid 30 mil. 30 mil. That's how important that dude is what Daniel Jones strives to be. And that dude's asking for 45 million. That's how important it is. I don't think they're going to be able to find a suitor for Tannehill. They're going to have to end up cutting it. That's kind of the argument I was thinking when you were speaking, Wally, Tennessee will be okay. Cutting that with the dead cap because it's like, I either, we either play and we're miserable with you and we're paying you this, or we cut you and we're paying you this. And we're going to be miserable regardless because of the money for Derrick Henry. It's either we get rid of you or we 
you still have productive years. We're not, we're going to eat whatever cap, dead cap, salary cap. We're going to eat that because we know what the player you are. I've been, I've been seeing a lot of things about Buffalo maybe going in for that. Could you imagine that? They need to fix some O-line things, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Tennessee is – not only is the AFC a gauntlet, but Je- it's going to be Jacksonville's division. If D'Amico Ryan gets ahead of steam, all of a sudden they might be fighting, you know, to be second. Texans could be second spot for, you know, a 5-12 and 12 record, 6-11 and 11 record, whatever it may be. Tennessee, you just have nothing to glom onto right now. Get rid of your pieces – get some draft picks. You have some pieces between Derrick Henry, what Landry on the defensive side of the ball. And I can't remember why, or I don't know why I'm not thinking of their safety. Kevin Bynard, do you have some picks that you can get for those guys? First of all, you, what you mentioned with Ryan Tannehill making $30 million, that's about to be low for quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill. The cap's going to continue to go up and these guys are going to make more money. And it brings me back. And I know I harp on this every week, but he's Ryan Tannehill is like Derek Carr. He's like Kirk Cousins. He's like Matt Stafford, where these guys are good quarterbacks. They are like, they're valuable to have on their team, but it's that decision of, are they $40 million valuable? Or are we kind of marrying ourselves to the idea that we're a nine, 10 win team that might go on a run once every four years? Or do you decide, hey, we're going to rebuild. We're going to take this down to the ground. We're going to have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. And we're going to try to strike gold. Because the teams that are great right now, the Joe Burrows, the or with the Bengals with Joe Burrow, the Bills with Josh Allen, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, they hit and they hit big. There's not too many of those teams out there that just have middling quarterbacks that continue to just – survive and keep getting paid and keep getting starting jobs. So I don't know about that. If I'm the Titans, I think that it's time to rebuild all the way, but some same faces are back in their old places. Let's start with Vance Joseph. He's back in Denver this time as a defensive coordinator, David, I'll throw it to you first on Vance Joseph. What are your thoughts? Are you excited for the Broncos in this move? Because obviously it means Rex Ryan isn't the guy anymore. I am. And I I didn't think this move was possible. I always thought Vance Joseph was a great defensive coordinator. I Like I, I kind of wipe away his time as a head coach in Denver because he just never had a quarterback. And I, I kind of wipe away any head coach without a real quarterback. And Elway was trying – Elway's just not – he goes and he finds his quarterback in free agency. He doesn't draft it. So, at the time, when Elway was his GM and not, like, the team president or whatever bullshit title they gave him now, he just wasn't – he wasn't good. And I don't blame Vance Joseph for that because they had a talented team and they – they played well, but they just weren't good without a quarterback. I I just think he's a great defensive coordinator. And on paper, this might be one of the best coaching staffs that's going to be held back by a quarterback situation. Sub maybe Belichick and the Browns in the 90s. Like I, they, we're talking about like on paper, a phenomenal staff. And I still don't think they're going to get it done because Russell Wilson just isn't the guy. Steven, are you high on Vance Joseph as David is? In secret, I am pretty high on it too. I don't know. I, you know I'd really have to look at it because 
I mean, he did have those Arizona defenses looking good. They just kept losing pieces over the last couple of years too. So it's kind of hard, but, and on top of the injuries, I just, that's so awkward. I cannot believe that Vance Joseph is going back into that situation as if he didn't get crucified getting fired out there. I thought he got prematurely fired now because then he get fired like midway through his second year, midway through his. He finished his second year, but he it was one finish. of those, like you knew he was going to get fired for like the last half of the season. Well, there I go being racist again, getting him confused with Anthony Lynn. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good for this defense. It's going to be a step up. I personally was a big fan of the Rex Ryan um, rumors of him landing there. I've always been a Rex Ryan fan back when coming up in Baltimore, the Jets guy was really kind of the peak in high school with us. So I always, and I always wanted him as a Packers coordinator, but they can't get worse. Right. And I think that he's going to have a lot more pieces than he did in Arizona to work with and play with. And I think, I think this is going to be a really good addition for this Broncos team, even with how, how awkward it is, but it is different ownership. So it is, and it's Walmart money. So you know that they're not afraid to make a change and make a change swiftly, even if it's more expensive than what other teams can afford. That's going to be a luxury that I don't think people understand is how big it is for the Broncos having this kind of money. But Joseph's aggressive 3-4 defense is awesome. It fits this defense really well. Uh, we saw guys like Baron Browning really take another step last year. In a defense like Joseph's, it's going to go even higher. And it's a little bit of a soft front seven right now in terms of what we're used to because of the moves that they had to make last year, given what their season looked like. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is a team that really aggressively attacks the front seven and free agency in the draft. And with how loaded they are in the back end, if Russell Wilson even looks like a quarterback next year, there's no reason at all to believe that this Broncos team can't have a, have a massive like resurgence, like a 3-4 win jump off last year. But Matt Nagy, same division, he is going to be the offensive coordinator once again in Kansas City. Matt Nagy coming off of his Super Bowl win as I want to say, what was it? An assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach. So he's very familiar with this system. He's very familiar with Andy Reid. He coached Alex Smith in the Chiefs offense to massive improvements from 2016 to 2017. So I think there's a lot of reason for optimism, especially when Eric Bieniemy, for better or worse, kind of had this like stink on him where now I feel like that's kind of gone away and Matt Nagy's walking in and I think there's going to be next to no pressure on him. And it's just setting up for him to win a ring, win a bunch of football games and be just right back into the head coaching cycle, whether it be this next year, year after, or three years down the road. Here's the thing you touch on no pressure. It is no pressure because you're not calling plays. Andy Reed, as long as Andy Reed is there, your job as offensive coordinator is to make sure the offense understands the scheme that's being put in place and watch film and correct errors. That's your job. There is no pressure because one, you have Patrick Mahomes. So like you could, I could coach this, the, the offense in Kansas city and have Andy Reed call plays and they'd still probably only lose one more game than they would without me. But, you know, he's going into a no-pressure situation. One he's been in before. He knows Andy Reid. He he knows the organization. And he's got a 
world-class potential best of all time quarterback at the helm. I, like this is going to be the easiest job of his career. And I, I, I don't think the chiefs are going to be marginally better because of him. And I don't think they're going to be marginally worse without the enemy or because of Nagy. I think it is going to be a one game win, one game more win or one game more loss, depending on the outcome he has. Like this is the same team just slide in another offensive court, like offensive coordinator who doesn't have to do a whole lot to make it, you know, a good team. And that's it. That's like, there is, I don't think he's going to have that much of an effect. It's just a no pressure. Here's what your job is. Andy Reid still does 80% of the effort. He's a trust fund baby. He is good to go. He's going to be set for life after this. He's not going to have to, if you want to go into the head coaching realm, fine. To your point, Wally, I think it's going to take a couple more years just because that's still a little bit fresh in their mind. And to David's point, people are going to put that in consideration that you're not calling plays. You're just the, you know, Andy Reid is the puppet master. You're just, you know, you're just one of his many puppets out there. I don't think there's going to be any difference. I think we're going to completely forget that Matt Nagy is the quote unquote offensive coordinator. We're going to be like, oh shit, Pat Mahomes is running the show. Between between Big Red and uh, and the catch a man himself and Pat Mahomes, they are it's going to be smooth sailing. There might be some new pieces at the wide receiver position, uh, depending on what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster. But other than that, you have a young up-and-coming running back. You still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You got Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. It would be impossible to fuck this up. With that, we're going to go right into the rapid fire. I know you hear those sirens. Don't worry. It's not tornadoes. That's already gone. I'm having PTSD. This week's Rapid Fire is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a college graduation, baby pictures, weddings, you name it. Every weekend they are happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only place to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram, saw dad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Netflix is dropping a quarterback show slash docu-series. Pat Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins are going to be the three quarterbacks that are they are keening, they're honing in on keening. Jesus Christ, Stephen. Are you guys excited? As excited as I am to see Jackson Mahomes behind the scenes? You guys know that I already was kind of skeptical on this going in where I don't know. I, I thought that if you're going to do something like that, wouldn't you want to pick a more exciting group of quarterbacks? I am excited for Marcus Mariota debacle at the end of his season. But like, again, wouldn't it be more exciting to go into Lamar Jackson in the year that he was going to have, like going into the, the contract negotiations, Russell Wilson on a new team. That would have been crazy to watch the fallout. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. There's a million guys that are more charismatic than these three. I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot, but I'm not nearly as excited about it as they're trying to push it as like the greatest documentary ever. I'm right there with you. I think this is going to be an overhyped show that's average at best. But to your point, if I'm being honest, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson are my three that I would like preferred to follow. And for all the wrong reasons, right? For Deshaun Watson, I want to see the chaos and the drama behind the scenes of all the shit that went down with the lawsuits and all these allegations. Like I want to see his life crumble and, and I want to, like, I just want to know, I want to, I want to see what that looked like as he was silent for eight months or 12 months or whatever it was. Right. 
And then for Burrow, I want to see the magic of having made a Super Bowl. Yeah, you lost, but then you go into the offseason, and I want to see some of that unseen community presence that I know Joe Burrow has. And then for Russell Wilson, again, the chaos and the hype, I want to know, like, I want to see him ride high fully knowing that it collapsed to the ground. And it's not because I don't like Russell Wilson. It's just like that drama just entices me, right? Like that, 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 I don't know why it just, it just gets me going. Honestly, I'm excited. Uh, I'm not really too excited about Kirk Cousins because this is how it is. I'm treating it almost like the full swing documentary uh, on Netflix with about the PGA pros. If you guys haven't watched it, please watch. If you like anything about golf, this will make you like it more. Cause I go in there. I'm expecting not to like Kirk Cousins as like, I already don't really like him. Like as a person, he's just a cornball. Mariota, I'm kind of expecting me to like him, even though he kind of shafted his team. And yes, I know there's a lot of things that go into that. But then Pat Mahomes, it, this could be this could be really bad because I like Pat Mahomes. I don't really mind him. I have a weight, you know. Obviously, if you ask why, it's going to be different because he has a personal vendetta against him. When see, I actually rival. like Mahomes. I just hate the the uniform he yeah, wears. Exactly. You know, good for you. Not a lot of people can say that. That's what I'm kind of looking. I'm looking forward to seeing the inside of there. I don't want to see Brittany. I don't want to see Jackson Mahomes. This is good. That's going to be the most miserable part. But now maybe everybody. But, 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 but wait, 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 wait. How much fun would it be to see the hunt, the hunt family tell both those fucking idiots to stop filming TikToks <laughs> and to stay away from the organization? Wait, or what else? do you mean? Like how much what fun do you would mean it I be? can't go to the playoff games? <laughs> <laughs> Shimona. I feel like oh, it's like that South Park episode where they, yeah, where they have Michael Jackson saying, his, "Mr. Jefferson." His, uh, yeah, Mr. Jefferson saying his line like every 10 seconds. That's got to be Jackson. Oh, oh my God, that's awesome. Click. Or, <laughs> or you can put Tom Haverford and Jackson Mahomes on like in Ron Swanson's cabin where uh, where is he's in sorry, I had the court order where he couldn't be on Twitter or, or it, 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 he gets in a crash. He's just like, you use GPS to get home from work. He's just like, it's five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> Next one on here, we have Bobby Wagner in the Rams agreed to part ways just after one year of Bobby Wagner signing a five-year, $50 million contract. Now, he does still count a 7.5 mil as dead cap, but Rams are going to be saving around $5 million here with this move. Wagner had 140 tackles last year, career high, six sacks. And he got 10 mil guaranteed with that contract as well. So he got a little bit of money. Now he gets to decide the next spot that he wants to finish off his career. I really couldn't believe my eyes when this came up because it says less need is selling and he's selling hard. They're still going to be about $10 million over the cap after this move. So it's far from over guys like Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, obviously gone Aaron Donald, who knows if he'll be back, things like that. They're all going to be in trouble. So I hope Matthew Stafford enjoyed his time with the competitor. Cause that time is over. Bobby Wagner is kind of coming off an elite season for some of someone of his age too. Like, I kind of hope he ends up somewhere solid, like, with a contender. I don't have to see him win another – like, win one or another one, I should say. I just – I don't know. I've always loved Bobby Wagner and and the the type of linebacker he is. For sure Hall of Famer. Yeah, like a, a, a for sure Hall of Famer. Can cover well, tackle well, does everything well. I just – you know, I just want to see him end up somewhere strong and and send off his career at least competing for wins, if not – you know, more than that. I just don't want to see him go to somewhere, some team that's going to be like 
four and thirteen. I know that this is rapid fire. Like so he I'll, just was. <laughs> I know this is rapid fire, so I'll keep this quick. But this is where I think a lot of people have a difficulty gauging analytics versus on-field performance because he graded really well. But there are a lot of people that felt like, yeah, he's still an unreal like guy out there, but he's not the Bobby, Bobby Wagner of old. Let's sell now before it continues to go that way. So that's where analytics and grades can sometimes be misleading. Speaking of misleading, the NFL told us that they were going or that the refereeing product was better than ever. Yet in their meetings, owners brought up one of them actually suggested that they're going to make roughing the passer reviewable. That is not expected to pass because you need too many other votes to get that through. But I got to be honest, guys, I was kind of relieved that this isn't going to be reviewable because we saw how poorly the review process worked for the pass interference. I don't know how it's going to be any better. The referees that they have on Fox, CBS, and NBC are already carrying the water for the league so much. It's going to continue to happen if they make it reviewable. I I don't know what the, the fix is, but it's certainly not adding another 15 minutes reviews a game. No, and I agree. And it's it depends if it's a game changing play, right? That is the only time that I would allow it, but it's it's gonna be overused, right? And then there's gonna be there's gonna be a minimum that they use and they're gonna be mad because it's just like a challenge, right? You use your two challenges up and now you need a third one to be challenged and you already lost one. We already have the fix. Expediated reviews. There needs to be, I think these roughing the passers, the these PIs, yes, there's within boundaries of what these rules are, but it's too much of an opinion of these refs to have it. And that's why we, that's why we're in this situation. It's the opinion of what happens right then and there. It's like, yeah, it's in with within this realm, but maybe, maybe the refs a little bit more flexible than the back judge or whatever it may be. They need just, just to, just to do expedited reviews. I don't know why it's so hard. It's right in front of us. You can, you can get it done. I liked what the XFL is doing with what Dean Blandino, they got, you know, they got, lights camera action on in that booth with them or while he's communicating with the refs with all the multiple TVs that he's breaking down. We need something like that in the NFL because God forbid the refs have some accountability. Give us transparency. That's all we want. With that, it's going to bring us to an end of another episode of loss of down. Shout out to our sponsors, tabbies as well as Abby Turner photo.com. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube loss of down, Twitter down underscore loss. Boys, do we have any parting words for the fans this evening? Housekeeping, but no show Thursday. We're going to do our second meeting of getting together, talk about how we can make the show better, make it great. We're going to do awesome in 2023, and that all starts on Thursday. Next week, we'll have a better idea of what our off-season schedule will look like, so make sure you tune in so you have an idea on that. Otherwise, keep your eye on franchise tags, guys. Next week is going to be the two-week deadline, so we'll know who everybody is tagging. That's where you're going to get the Davids of the world excited looking at in Baltimore. There's a lot of places where contenders can make a move that can make or break their season. So this is a sneaky time of year for football fans. Definitely pay attention to franchise tags the next few weeks. David, you got anything? I got nothing, buddy. And this, I am, I am silent to end. No opinions. <laughs> wow, I never thought I'd see that day. I like that. <laughs> Well, Steven, how about you? Anything crazy going on for you this next week? 
No, nah, man, just uh, let's see. This week, this week. No, nah, man, I'm just going to hang out. Might go to the uh, Columbus Crew opener uh, if the tickets weren't astronomically expensive. Yeah, but it's at lower.com. Can't you uh, make that happen? I don't want to make it happen. It's fair. No, it's completely fair. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my money than ask a favor from lower.com. You heard it here first. Lower.com, more like overit.com. Yeah, more like... We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>